Today's reading is Proverbs 1717, 1824, 2517 and 20, 26, 18 through 19, 27, 5, 6, 9, 14, 17, 28, 23, and 29, 5. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you. That was beautifully read. I did not know what I was saying when I told Dave, sure, I'll just go in whatever series you guys are working on. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Casey DiNardo, and I'm delighted to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm a pastor at Hope Church in Richfield, but my first call was to Aldridge Avenue Presbyterian. Now we are gathered as Resurrection Minneapolis, uh, and I have many fond memories of being here and uh, one of them is your pastor was in my youth group. So can we put that um, slide up? This is how I remember <laughs> Pastor Dave, right? Of all the kids in the youth group, that is not the one I would have chosen to become a pastor. <laughs> Doesn't God have a sense of humor? No, Dave is a delight and uh, it was really a joy to be here a couple weeks ago. Um, as he showed me around uh, some of the renovations and remodeling. And um, it is so great to see that the name of Jesus continues to get lifted up on this corner. Um, that is a blessing. So um, as I said, it's, um, it's when I saw that there's still no parking, though, and there still is a church, that's only a God thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it was that pulpit I gave my first sermon in 25 years ago, maybe 
not quite, but close to 25 years ago. Uh, and so it's a delight that uh, here I am back here with you. So uh, we will be continuing in the series in Proverbs. And uh, I really like how the English Standard Version Study Bible um, encapsulates what the goal of the book of Proverbs is. And it comes from the first verses in the chapter. So I'd just like to read that. To describe what wisdom is, and to help God's people become wise. Wisdom is founded in the fear of the Lord, and it enables believers to express their faith in the practical details of their everyday life. I also like what it says about the questions we are to keep in mind when we read the Proverbs. They list three of them. What virtue does the proverb commend? What vice does it disapprove of? And what value does it affirm? And so what we find in the Proverbs is just incredible practical stuff. Sometimes like a little bit confusing, like what exactly does that mean? But it means that God's word is relatable to our everyday lives. And that definitely is the case this morning as we look at how Proverbs shows us the beauty of friendship and what it means to be a true friend. Do you remember your first friend? When I think of my first friend or friends, I think of those I grew up with on the block. Jenny and Linda were the twins halfway up. Bradley was the one at the top. He was a really good friend, and I couldn't figure out why my mom wouldn't let me have a sleepover with him in second grade. But then there was sweet Emily. I loved Emily so much. Her dad was a pilot, and I remember going to her home and playing with their toys, and she had this cool airplane. But one day she told me they were moving to New York, and it's like my heart just ripped in half, even... As a little fourth grader, I had lost my best friend. Friends are a beautiful thing. They bring joy. They bring heartache. And in the Proverbs, we see the beauty of friendship and are given wise teaching on how we can be a good friend. So Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Family members, siblings, they can be difficult. They see the good and the bad and the ugly. We can't choose them, but we can choose our friends. Friends can be a source of encouragement and strength in a season of difficulty within the family. And yet a brother or sister is also with you for life. So there can be adversity in those relationships, but there can also be great joy over the years with a sibling. There can be treasured memories and hard memories, seasons of closeness and distance. I believe this proverb is saying, find a friend that can give you support that can love you in the difficult times with your family. It is important to have a friend to love you, and it is important to be a good friend to others. 
Think of the teenage years. It was so important to find the right friend group. Those friends are forming, solidifying, and regrouping. I think of my own kids now with three teenagers and an almost teenager, and they have different friend groups with teams and church and neighborhood. And um, I remember in my youth group days, the kids would come and be like, well, who's going? And I'd think, well, I'm going. You should just come. But the reality is they need those other comrades. They need those friends to feel that connection. And then oftentimes that's like, oh, they're going, I'll go, right? So it's okay to have those friends formed. And in those teen years, those shared experiences help them in processing life together. There's a healthy of forming of relationships that happens. And there's so often those years where you just long to be in the popular group, right? Whatever that is. To be invited to parties or today maybe be on the cool group chats or TikTok followers or, okay, I don't even know if that's a thing, but I just know my teen kids like TikTok. But it takes a while for it to sink in and then the truth bubbles up as we read in Proverbs 18, 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You see, there's this longing for this wide group of friends, the cool group maybe, the right group, but then you learn at some point that the best thing in life is a true friend. And those are usually pretty few. Those are the people that stick with you through the real trials. Maybe they're the ones that you share what's really going on. Even Jesus had the 12, but only hung out with a few. The first mention I could find of the word friend in Scripture is from Genesis 38:12. It says, in the course of time, the wife of Judah, Shua's daughter, died. When Judah was comforted, he went up to Timnah to his sheep shears, he and his friend, Hirah, the Ad Adulamite. When someone dies, you need a friend. Someone to bear that burden with. Someone to lean on to listen, to just be there. True friends are indispensable in the grieving process. Just this past Friday, I was called to do a, a memorial service for a 62-year-old woman with an only son who was 32. This son sat right in front between his aunt and uncle and families. He had lost his dad when he was five. At the end of the service, his dear friend stood with him until the final goodbye, just hanging out with heavy grief in the air. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you have one? Our verses go on to teach wisdom in friendship. Let your foot seldom be in your neighbor's house, as in 
don't overstay your welcome. In the same way, don't be the friend that always talks and never listens. Psalm 2520 is an interesting one. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. I did a little research on this one, and the Jewish publication society Tamak translates the Masoretic text here a little differently. Disrobing on a chilly day like vinegar on natron is the one who sings songs to a sorrowful soul. Likewise, a worn-out garment on a cold day is like vinegar on chalk, and so is one who sings songs to a broken heart. It goes on to say, as it stands, the proverb offers two images, undressing in the cold and pouring acid on a base. To these are compared the effect that cheerful music has on a melancholy person. The first action causes a chill. The second causes fizzing and hissing, which may suggest irritation and incompatibility. At any rate, the idea is to be sensitive to the friend who is feeling blue or grieving and don't bomb in with some kind of toxic positivity. Don't tell them to snap out of it, but be gentle with them. Listen. Being kind in this way goes a long way in friendship. It takes time to get through difficult periods on your journey. And watch the practical jokes. The jokes in general. You can't say anything you want as a caveat and say, just kidding, I'm only joking. The words have been said. You can't just take them back and wash it clean. I grew up with JK. That was a big thing. We'd say what we want and they'd just be like, JK, just kidding. I think Proverbs is basically saying, don't JK someone. It's hurtful. You know it, and they know it. Don't do it. In the last three chapters of our Proverbs today, we find themes of caring enough to confront in friendship. There's actually the name of a book by Dr. David Augsburger, and I'll, I'll show you just the, the summary and read that. It says this, Conflict simply is. Believing that we can somehow avoid it can only damage our relationships. But when we learn to integrate our needs and wants with those of others, it can be a catalyst in our relationships for deeper love and care. Dr. David Augsburger's Caring Enough to Confront is a classic in Christian peacemaking. It teaches the reader how to build trust, cope with blame and prejudice, and be honest about anger and frustration. A true friend does not shy away from confrontation, but approaches it with humility 
owning my part in conflict and not just running away from the friend that they truly love. Iron sharpening iron. Saying the hard thing even when it hurts. It takes effort to be a good friend. It takes honesty, truth-telling, even confrontation at times. But that leads to a sweet aroma of friendship. Not full of flattery, but of faithfulness. In his book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this about befriending our brothers and sisters who might be different from us. We might not normally reach out to or think of as a friend. And here's what he says. He says, let a brother be a completely free person as God has made him to be. God did not make this person as I would have made him. God did not give him to me as a brother for me to dominate and control, but in order that I might find above him the creator. Now the other person in the freedom with which he was created becomes the occasion of joy, whereas before he was only a nuisance and an affliction. God does not will that I should fashion the other person according to the image that seems good to me. That is, in my own image, rather, in God's freedom from me, in, the, in his freedom from me, God made this person in his image. I can never know beforehand how God's image should appear in others. That image always manifests a completely new and unique form that comes solely from God's free and sovereign creation. God creates every man and woman in the likeness of his son, the crucified. It's just a beautiful thing to remember that even the person we might be so opposed to has the imprint of God and as we see that in that person, we can look at them in a new way. We were all created in the image of God. In Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Adam and Eve were the first creation and the first friends. And in their relationship, they had beauty. They had friendship with God. And by their choice, they had blaming and shame and struggle. We have inherited that, and we have that in our own friendships. But every friendship is your gift that God has given to you. I found this old picture as I was preparing for today. It's a picture, um, it's about 10 years old. It's my Scrabble group. Yes, I'm in a Scrabble group. And I've actually been in this Scrabble group um, almost 20 years now. Um, that's my friend Anne, Steph, 
myself, and then Trisha. And it's kind of morphed from meeting monthly for Scrabble to can we do it in this season? Our lives got so busy. There were marriages, there were deaths, there were kids, there were job changes and adoptions and heartache. And we live life together now as kind of a kindred sisterhood. And if we haven't seen each other in a long time, we just pick up where we left off. But I am forever grateful for these women that God has placed in my life. And so as we reflect on and boil down these Proverbs today, we can ask ourselves, okay, so what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my life right now? How does this make a difference? How should I live? I feel like what we've learned from these passages is a guide to true friendship. And I'd like to lift up these three words as this guide. Compassion, consistency, and courage. If we have those three in our friends, with our friendships, we will be doing well. And Jesus himself showed us how to do this. John eleven thirty four through 36 says, And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. Jesus shows compassion. Jesus wept for the death of his friend Lazarus. He wept with Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha. His compassion and friendship and empathy in that moment moved him to tears. The very man who would raise Lazarus from the dead was weeping, weeping with the family over this death. And Jesus weeps with us today. He weeps over the brokenness of the world. He weeps over the weights that you are carrying. And he is not a far off God. He is the God that we sing of at Christmas time. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus shows compassion and Jesus shows consistency. He was a faithful friend to Mary and Martha and Lazarus, dining with them, teaching them, showing up when things were difficult. And we see that all the people that Jesus encountered, he took time to listen to their stories. He was consistent with how he approached them. And he was consistent with his message to them. And finally, Jesus was courageous. He was courageous in his teachings that went against the grain of the day. He called out those who needed to be called out. He befriended those who needed to be befriended. And finally, he had courage. The courage that sent him to the cross to offer his very body as a sacrifice to cover the sin of the world for all who would believe.
May we look to Jesus in the midst of our friendships and receive the blessing and the great gift in our lives. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.